Okay, you mm. have to answer how you're feeling. Right. That wasn't an answer to how I was feeling. No, it was an <laughs> ans- it was an article you read. April 21st. I guess our main topics of discussion are you said you said you want to talk about Sweden. Sweden. That's the main topic of main discussion. Main topic. Should we just touch on feelings at the end too? I feel like we haven't just said how feelings. we're feeling. Maybe we can open with feelings. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, I mean, I feel a lot of things on a lot of days. Today was okay. I was listening to this podcast today that I haven't listened to in a long time. It's called um, <laughs> Terrible. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and it's a podcast that I listen to when like in the year after Caden was born when there was just a lot going on and I was terrible thanks for asking Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of trouble like acknowledging like normal life Mm -hmm. like if your life wasn't in chaos (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to you Mm -hmm. basically and so I listened to this podcast a lot Mm. Because it is a podcast about people who are going through terrible times in their lives. And that is exactly what I needed. Mm. But I haven't needed that in a while. So I haven't listened to it in a while. Mm. But I checked back in because I wanted to see what they were doing with COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, they were talking about how... Well, kind of how a lot of people are having a terrible time right now. It's like this... Mm -hmm in different ways and we should be careful like not to compare too much who's having a worse time than others um but it's yeah it's just more widespread and a lot of people are struggling in a lot of different ways and and it was weird because that made me almost feel a bit left out because i feel like For Caden and I, our lives have changed not that much Mm -hmm. Um, because we were kind of isolated. We were kind of Mm -hmm. housebound and a lot of the things that are closed, we never went to anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm kind of like, obviously our lives have changed. Things are a lot busier. We have a lot less help. We can't see our families like obviously like there's I would some impact but i would think the biggest impact day for to day i would think the biggest impact for you is that you used to basically have like two afternoons like two big chunks of time that you mm-hmm. could do whatever you wanted yeah and you've lost that completely oh yeah but that was also kind of a recent development yeah like starting in january we hired some people to help out and i all of a sudden had yeah, all this time that I had never had before. And now this is just kind of like returning to normal. <laughs> this is how <laughs> like it was. returning to how it was yeah. more in the beginning. Yeah. Where it's just like all kids all the time. And it's like, well, eh. So, I don't know. How, I mean, that was a very long answer to how am I feeling. I thought yeah. we were going to do a short podcast tonight, Tanya. That's a good answer. <sighs> the The thing that... I reflected on, I read a, a, there was um, a post someone put up about how 
they are growing to like the lack of commitments, I guess, for, for some families who have swimming practice and whatever sports and dance and they're scheduled heavily. They're recognizing now the value of not having all those things to do and, you know, not even having school, I guess, but, you know, they have, they're finding more quality time. And it just, it's like a, there's this whole minimalism movement with stuff, but having some sort of a minimalism, minimalism is too going too far. Maybe it's just more like, what's the what's the better way? What's how how would you describe how we d- deal with stuff? It's like we're not really minimalist, but we're also we recognize there's like a right amount of stuff you need. Getting to that, finding that, and yeah, same thing with time. Like it seems like if you can have and commitments outside of there's just so much pressure like we can't do all of those things yeah and even though we can't do them i still find myself like wanting to and like trying to do them i wasted a lot of money in the fall signing <laughs> avery up for some classes that he doesn't like he didn't like and then we didn't yeah really able to take them to but is is it the same but okay so reflect on this for a second because i think this is so at some point we're going to go back to these sorts of things you know a lot of people buy stuff buy fancy cars and buy fancy things for what other people like basically because other people are doing it yes is that why you feel the need to sign up avery for a hundred percent yeah fomo right fear of missing out i don't want avery to miss out on something but so then it's like where's the value right is the value in the class that you're paying for or is the value playing at home well the value uh, so and the reason that's what you have to decide the reason i think it's valuable to put him in things like gymnastics and swimming is you know he needs to i, I think there's value in him learning skills like if he can get actually like work on his motor skills mm-hmm. like actually get better at running and jumping and throwing and like Mm -hmm. balancing on things like those are skills that he will have to develop or hopefully he will develop and they'll help him for the rest of his life like his yeah swimming safety okay you Mm. have to answer how you're feeling right that wasn't an answer to how i was feeling no (laughs) it was an answer it was an article you read yeah it's tricky this feeling (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you brought it up. I think what I was getting at was that in a very roundabout way the lack I think the lack of things that I have to worry about is helpful to me. Like it makes me focus on the few things that I feel are important. And like I'm just trying to prioritize in my day what are the things that I are the most important and then find ways to give you breaks and yes like like that's what i've want like that's one of the most important things to be able to make mm-hmm. sure you're doing okay but but also just here's the work that i was you know here are the things that i wanted to do but really i'm only going to be able to do these things so i'm going to just focus on the most important things and and you kind of have this built-in excuse for everything like you can just say i you know i don't have time i really don't like yeah I, I have two little kids and most people 
deal with that pretty well if you just say like in the midst of COVID I just mm-hmm. don't have the capacity to do this anymore I yeah. sent a couple of emails like that and they were people are like oh yeah, yeah I understand no problem like what it is I did get one weird email from someone who completely was it just felt so weird because that is the I feel like that's the mentality for most of the people that I deal with and then every once in a while you'll get someone who's just very like they're pretending like there's nothing wrong (laughs) no there's just like nothing wrong and they're like hey you said you were going to do this thing like three months ago and the deadline was passed like a month ago can you please uh when, when can I expect this? Just very like, there's nothing but else. The world isn't falling apart right now. Where is yours? But that was even a thing that you hadn't even agreed to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this person was just off. They're a little off anyways, I think. But uh, yeah, it, fe- it feels, it's just very striking. Think. It's very striking when someone is a little, yeah. just not recognizing the space we're all in right now. Right. The space we're all in. But then my feeling is like, I'm actually not in that space You're with still everybody. Not. I'm, s- I'm like in some other weird. It's like I've done this before. Is what it uh-huh. feels like to uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Clearly, in a much different context. Yeah. But it doesn't feel. Anyways, but I am getting tired. I'm getting very tired of it. Uh-huh. Here's the thing that I guess. Yeah. Okay. So the little scare we had with Caden maybe having COVID. You had the scare. Yeah, because he was like ninety nine percent had COVID <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> and so. So I basically yeah. thought we were in for like a couple of months of very difficult time. Anyways, it I still see that as a real risk now, and it's just that's a real like thinking about how to handle that when it comes, if mm-hmm. it comes, but also every day that that doesn't come. It's like, yeah, an opportunity to get stuff done that we need to to prepare for that, or just get ahead of ahead with ev- all this stuff that isn't yeah. gonna, st- al- you know, keeping the fridge stocked and having you know all those things, or even just having quality time with the kids more often because who knows what's when, if one or both of us get sick, that's just oh. they're gonna be on their iPads a lot more, right? We it can't afford to be sick. Yeah, but yeah. All right. Shall Is we talk about Sweden? Yeah. Did that cover feelings? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I thought oh, I covered feelings. Oh, my overarching feeling is that I'm exhausted and I really need to go to bed. But I also really <laughs> want to talk about Sweden. So. Okay, let's move to Sweden. Okay. So why did I want to talk about Sweden? Sweden. Well, sorry. Oh, that was a question I was asking Rhetorical myself. question. <laughs> go. Self-answered question. Kay. I want to talk about Sweden. Because Sweden is one of the only Western countries and certainly one of the only Nordic countries. Is that a considered a Nordic country? I don't really know what that Sounds entails. Good mm-hmm. That didn't lock down their country. Their restaurants are still open. Their bars are still open. Their schools for under 16-year-olds are still open. And so what's going on there is it working um that's what i wanted to know mm-hmm. and i did some research today and i don't know my answer is i don't know yet but it's very interesting what's happening there um s- and 
it totally depends on who's writing the article like mm -hmm. <laughs> whether the take is like oh my gosh this is so immoral what sweden is doing and they're killing all these people for no reason mm -hmm. versus sweden's doing quite well and they haven't locked anything down and blah 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 so it yeah it's hard to say so and it's also hard to say whether the strategy that they're taking is a well-thought-out one or they kind of started with the same strategy as UK, which is like, let's not do anything and get herd immunity, and then realized they had to do something and then started putting some measures in place. I'm, I'm really unclear on how intentional their current system is. So right now what they are doing is that they basically have like um, social distancing in place. We could call it social distancing light. Mm -hmm. So um, universities and colleges and whatever are closed. Mm -hmm. um, everyone is being encouraged to work from home if they can. Mm -hmm. Crowds are discouraged. Mm -hmm. So restaurants are open but only if guests can keep like an arm's length apart and limited from another party. I think they, they're limited to 50 people is what I heard. In and group, yes, yes. No gatherings of 50 people or more. Mm -hmm. And so you're not supposed to have any kind of like people crowding at the bar to order drinks. Mm -hmm. Like that's not supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. And they, in theory, can come and close down the restaurant if they're not complying. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if that's happening. It sounded like, so they, there was this one video that um, F-Stoppers, these guys are, a f it's a photography and video making vi website. They do videos on YouTube and they've been doing kind of like what we're doing except video wise and just talking about COVID. And they did a little interview, like a Skype or Zoom call with five people from Sweden and they described their day to day, what they see and yeah, it sounded like it sounded like there's police going in and checking. Mm -hmm. and like it's being like to say that they're not doing anything is like I think yeah they clearly they are doing something. They're doing something and they're being strict about some rules certainly. Yeah. And masks and they're not saying that people should wear masks. Mm -hmm. So, so they're doing social distancing light, mm -hmm. and then what's happening is, is again. Are, are they being successful or not? We need a bit more time to tell, but it also depends on your point of comparison. So mm -hmm. they have many more deaths than their immediate neighbors. Denmark and Norway and Finland and those mm -hmm. other countries mm -hmm. right nearby, they have many more deaths and many more deaths per capita mm -hmm. than those countries. But but Canada and Sweden mm -hmm. are almost identical. Mm -hmm. Our death curves, and you have to look at deaths because neither country is doing good testing. In fact, our testing protocols, Ontario and Sweden have all almost the same testing protocol, which is mm -hmm. just test people in like hospitals and mm -hmm. healthcare workers and mm -hmm. long-term care facilities. Mm -hmm. And both countries, Canada and Sweden, or maybe Ontario, Quebec and Sweden, all have massive outbreaks in long-term care homes, mm -hmm. which are skewing the death numbers. 
So if you look at Sweden and you look at Canada and it's like we're getting basically the same results, but we're all on, all on lockdown and they're not, that kind of makes it look like they're doing pretty well. Yeah. But um, it, it could be that we have a harder problem to solve because, I mean, we just are uh, people from all around the world come and go from Toronto and Vancouver and yeah like we might have like more stuff coming in that we have to deal with as well but also this isn't over yet so they say that they're at the peak of their outbreak now oh okay but do they know do they know I don't know do we know I don't know yeah so a bit more time there but clearly like our outbreak is I think it is many different outbreaks, mm-hmm. whereas Sweden is a much smaller country, so mm-hmm. they don't have as many, mm-hmm. like geographically, they're much closer together mm-hmm. than our outbreaks are. Mm-hmm. So they have like kind of one much worse outbreak. Like they are more like a Quebec or an Ontario, right? They don't mm-hmm. have the BC and Alberta, or I guess Alberta is kind of going up, but like they don't have those mitigating areas that will help their numbers come down Mm -hmm. um so i i don't know time will tell but but it's it's clear that at least now they're not italy Mm -hmm. right it didn't skyrocket their healthcare systems are their healthcare system is not overwhelmed at all Mm -hmm. they even had like tents set up like prepared for a surge Mm -hmm. and nothing came Mm um so i think whether or not so there's a couple things here so one is definitely their approach costs lives in the short term because you can see very clearly that they have many more deaths than their exact neighboring countries Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um it is unclear whether that will hold for the long term Mm -hmm. if they get through this worse outbreak than their neighbors Maybe that means their second and third waves will be smaller than their neighbors' second and third waves. Mm -hmm. So we really can't say for a long time whether or not it was a right or a wrong approach. Mm -hmm. And I totally forgot the other thing that I was going to say. So that's embarrassing. How many people live in Sweden? 10 million. Okay. Maybe that was the other thing I was going to say. Mm. Per capita. Yeah, like when you say their numbers. poorly. Oh. But does per capita matter in these outbreaks? I don't really think that it does. Because we don't have any significant penetration into the population of these infections. Density matters. How close people are living together matters. But the actual population doesn't matter because you're not getting so you're saying if stockholm let's say a country uh, a city like stockholm if it was like the same size as say toronto or montreal mm-hmm. yeah then they'd be you, should, you should just compare same. you should, you just, should compare just compare the city comparing cities yeah, yeah yeah the reason the u.s how big is stockholm like the u.s has a lot more deaths than other countries not because they have a lot more people but because they have a lot more cities <laughs> like yeah. they have a lot more outbreaks yeah I think the penetration into the population is just so low that 
it doesn't matter if your city is uh-huh. 5 million or 10 million or 15 million. It matters how close people are living together. And we don't really have a measurement of that. Stockholm is only 1 million. Is that their cap? Yeah, it's the capital city. Yeah. Sweden. Does that mean that's their biggest city too? or I know nothing about Sweden. I don't know. I think it is, but oh, maybe people think Ottawa is yeah. our biggest city. Yeah. Oh, right. And here's the other thing about yeah. Sweden. Oh, oh, I just remembered everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, right. So another interesting thing is that if you look at their mobility index from whatever website I, I've been using to track this, Sweden is at about 27%. We're at about 17%. So they are like... Sorry, 27%, 27% of their regular like moving around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like Google's, 100. that Google So that's thing? about where we were when our lockdown started. Yeah, okay. Right? So kind of lockdown light. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot the other thing al- again already. <laughs> I didn't write it down. We were talking about Stockholm. One million. I know. And the mobility index and per capita things. Oh. Well, it's gone again. The, you want me to jump in with the yep. thing that I was going to say on this? Okay, yep. so the, here's the thing that bothers me about the way people talk about the different strategies you could take. I think at the end of the day, we don't know anything. We don't know at all what strategies are going to work, really. I don't think, I mean, peop- so the F-Stoppers video, which I can link to here, it's it's interesting to watch this F-Stoppers thing because these guys have even less knowledge than we do about this. And <laughs> That's why I couldn't watch the video because it was very frustrating. One guy, wh- you can tell one of them, they're both young guys, don't understand, like they don't get that this is ripping through nursing homes and killing people, like the numbers of people it's killing in nursing homes, that hasn't dawned on them yet, I don't think. And they're basically saying, you know, saying things like, yeah, but most people that get it are going to be fine. Mm. Anyway, the at the beginning of this video, um, the they show a clip from someone, I think an epidemiologist type person, someone who's in, ch- in charge of, it sounds like they're in charge of the response there, public health response. And he said, yes, we're we're acting quite differently than most other countries around the world. And and it's because we want to be evidence-based. And that term is starting to really get on my nerves because really, this is an unprecedented thing. No one really has evidence. So so to say that something is evidence-based, I think what most people are saying is that there are, as I've said before, like there's RCTs, like randomized control trials, the highest level of evidence where you you have a control group and you randomize who goes into what control group and you look at or whatever the highest level of evidence exists for the thing you're talking about because randomized control trials are not cannot be possible i mean possible for everything and this well maybe i don't know enough about what people are what evidence is out there on this topic but it seems like you know the example i always go to is there actually is little evidence that parachutes work you can never do a randomized control trial or you can't even not, you can't have a control group with a parachute 
with the do- someone who doesn't have a, get a parachute and look at what happens when people jump out of airplanes without parachutes to demonstrate that parachutes work. At some point, there are some studies that are just too difficult to do or we, can't, we haven't gotten the time to do them yet, but there's good reasons to believe that strapping a parachute to someone will slow their descent enough so they don't impact the ground hard enough that they'll die. Like that, mm-hmm. you, can, you can look at the mechanism by which someone's going to get hurt without a parachute and say hey if we can if we can if we can find a way to address that mechanism by which people are getting sick or injured yep. there's a really good chance we're going to be able to do something positive here yep. and that's worthwhile <coughs> and that's what most people are trying to do even though it may not have evidence behind it and then plus you can collect the evidence as you go. And then you learn, yeah. So you do the study. So that's exactly what happened with social distancing, I think. Mm-hmm, there wasn't, mm-hmm. a, I don't think there was strong mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah, that's what people were saying. At least modern evidence mm-hmm. that social distancing would work. And in fact, what people were saying is things like that don't work. They were saying social distancing doesn't work. I've, I heard, saying that? I don't know, I heard it said but what they meant was, I think, that s- s- people get carried away with this. Like when mm-hmm. it's not evidence-based, they start saying, they go too far right. and then they, they say it say doesn't work. There's no evidence for it. They say it doesn't work. Yeah, and it's yeah. really a, sh- a sharp distinction there. Like yes. you don't know that it doesn't work, Very certainly. it's it. There should be, but I th- it often get that line often gets blurred and people stretch it because it seems to like there seems to be a need to spin a little bit this stuff to whatever your whatever you've been espousing right like you have a point of view and now you have to somehow show that you are evidence-based or you you know whatever it is and then it always goes a little too far it seems Mm -hmm. in trying that spin i mean i don't want to dislike the phrase evidence-based because i think it's really important to look at evidence that exists and understand the evidence that exists and understand what it's actually saying absolutely i'm just i'm getting frustrated when i hear it used in a way that doesn't it feels like there it feels like that guy was basically saying hey all the other countries in the world are doing things that are non-evidence-based right which is not true well it kind of was true it <laughs> i think okay like there but wasn't to say strong that w- evidence for their actions but to say that that's not the right way so then yeah. like not to say it's not right but you could say there's not evidence for the actions I get maybe okay uh, then maybe I will go back and say I don't like the term evidence-based as being the be-all and end-all for like that that is how it's being used it's like well that's not evidence-based you're no 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 no. but I'm not saying you should only do no 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 no. that's how this person was using it yeah that's how that person that's what but I'm saying that can be true you can say these countries are doing things that are not evidence-based but that doesn't mean they're wrong yes they still have a reason for doing them so that's what i think we're saying the same thing i think what i'm saying is i don't like this way that people are using evidence based like a baseball bat to hit other people with it to somehow say that you're not being evidence-based and it's like Mm -hmm. a like a put down Mm -hmm. but 
at a yeah that's at a time when the evidence is very weak everywhere for everything basically yeah and people's like i think when you don't in the lack of evidence i i think it still is the responsibility of public health groups to think about the the theoretical what is the best theoretical way of moving forward Mm-hmm. And not just rely on evidence, ex- which is exactly what most most countries are doing, and even I guess Sweden because they are sort of social distancing in yeah. some ways, yeah. because it's it it would be so hard to argue that 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 would be ineffective, right? Like having less people in crowded areas, mm-hmm. even though there's no evidence to show that that works. It's it's just like a parachute, is what it sounds like. Okay, and the big takeaway from this which was the thing that I kept forgetting but now I remembered and I wrote it down so it's not going to slip away again (laughs) okay so the thing that I think that Sweden shows us right now is that social distancing results are proportional to the social distancing you do so it's not like you have to achieve a minimum amount of social distancing for it to take effect Mm -hmm but it's a proportional response. So Sweden has done some social distancing and they're seeing some results. That's what it seems to show me, but that has so many asterisks and caveats because I think it all matters when you start social distancing. Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, in Italy, once things were out of control, if they had like done partial social distancing, would that have gotten their outbreak under control? I don't know. But if you start kind of at the beginning, Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a proportional Mm -hmm. result, which I find to be very hopeful because it to me, that means like when we go back, like when we come out of lockdown and things kind of open up a bit, if we maintain partial social distancing and Mm. we more people are wearing masks in public and we're staying away from people three feet right and we're doing some of that stuff yeah then i feel like that will that will help keep things at bay yeah without the full lockdown yeah yeah that's a good point so that's that's what i hope Mm -hmm. that that sweden that little sweden experiment means they're showing us yeah. I don't know. But time will tell on all of these things. Mm-hmm. Joke? Should we just end it? I mm-hmm. feel like you need to go to bed. Do you have a joke? I do. Excellent. I'm loading it. Okay. Okay. So this is just some um, suggested vocabulary for our times. Mm. So if you say, I can't go out because of the virus, it sounds very weak and whiny and boring. And instead, you could say something like, I've sworn an oath of solitude until the pestilence is purged from the lands. Mm-hmm. And then you sound like valiant and <laughs> heroic and people might even think you're carrying a sword. <laughs> Very nice. That's our joke today. Yeah. And now I'm going to bed. Okay. Good night. Good night.